Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Warning. Guests of The Roy Green Show may experience the truth, being in the hot seat, and in some cases, crying. The Roy Green Show continues on the Chorus Radio Network. What I can tell you that I did not at any point in time, nor would I at any point in time, discuss any confidential information with my father or with anyone else who wasn't in that closed circle. His decisions on his financial affairs are his and his alone. Ah, school's out. Okay, music's done. I got it. Um, Bill Morneau. That was the voice of Bill Morneau, our Minister of Finance federally, who accused small business owners of cheating on paying on taxes they should have paid. This is the man who chopped the TFSAs in half, angering the middle class that the liberals are so devoted to. The Minister of Finance, who's now facing questions about his own ethics. Uh, and there was his response to the point that was brought up in Parliament. Did Mr. Morneau share news of impending legislation with his dad, allowing the elder Morneau to sell 200,000 shares and avoid a hit when share value decreased following federal legislation introduction? So, and of course, the uh, ethics commissioner wants to talk to him again. She fined him 200 bucks already. <laughs> it's just so bizarre. Here's the maximum fine that I can levy on a print or a federal minister who's a multi, 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 multi millionaire, and it's 200 bucks. Anyway, it's the idea of being fined as being uh, an unethical or an, uh, an ethically challenged miscreant within the federal cabinet. So is it time for Mr. Morneau to hit the road, Jack, and, and, and leave and get out? Now, remember, we're told that our economy is doing well. We know that for the first time, uh, it's less than 6% unemployment, first time since 2006, less than uh, 6% unemployment in this country. And again, I keep getting emails saying, you know, you go after the liberals all the time. You go after Morneau all the time. You go after Trudeau all the time. Well, somebody has to. Uh, and, and, and our economy is doing well. So why don't you leave them alone? I don't know. It's a character flaw. Uh, Catherine Swift. Catherine Swift, former president and CEO of the Canadian Federation of Independent Business, Canada's number one employers, the small and medium-sized businesses in this country. She's an economist, and she sat on the board of the C.D. Howe Institute with uh, Mr. Morneau for several years, but the most important time of her life is Saturday afternoons at 4.30 Eastern. Isn't that right? Absolutely. And if you don't know what Saturday afternoon at 4.30 Eastern is, you'll have to find out. Because <laughs> we ain't telling you right now. So, how much trouble, how much trouble should Bill Morneau be in? 
And how much trouble is he in, Catherine? Well, I think I think this latest incident with the share selling and his father and stuff, if it had happened all by itself, I imagine it, there would have been a little kerfuffle probably. But I think the key is it's cumulative here. It just seems every time the last, you know, questionable deed dies down a bit, another one crops up. And and what what has been really telling to me as well is even apart from the whole, all of these issues around Bill Morneau, which are not unimportant at all, and I think have damaged him to the point, to an irreparable point, personally. Uh, but more important, almost more important, at least as important to me, is how this government's reacted to it. And they've been immensely lucky. They've been lucky with the economy. And yeah, I mean, just because the economy's going well, economies often go well with bad governments and go poorly with good governments because there's a bazillion factors that affect them. And, you know, most of which are out of any government's control. Right now, the U.S. is doing well. When the U.S. does well, we do well. You know, that's probably one of the main factors. Oil prices are coming back anyway, et cetera, et cetera. But that being said, yeah, the economy on, on many fronts is doing well, although, as, as we discussed yesterday, Roy, there are also some storm clouds on the horizon. But I think the way the government has dealt with this crisis, and it really, it's kind of their first one. They've gotten a free ride, certainly from most of the media, present company excluded, of course, but most of the media has given them an amazingly uh, free ride. They've been generally, we've been lucky, we, we you know, we're, we're geographically so far apart from trouble spots in the world that we haven't had some of the crises some European countries and whatnot have faced, um, and, and on and on. The economy has hummed along, you know, for a whole bunch of different reasons. What I really worry about, because this is a government that by and large is pretty inexperienced, and I think the Morneau uh, tale was, was very telling because, you know, here, here's somebody that probably never in his life has faced adversity of any significant kind at all. And when he does, and this isn't, boy, this, you know, you could face a lot worse adversity than what's going on in the House of Commons right now. But when he does, he acts condescending, he acts uh, immensely entitled, he's quite insulting. And of course, he's, he's clearly feeling extremely put upon, <laughs> which just tells me, come on, buddy, you know, this is, this is the House of Commons, it happens all the time. And, and I think, too, does anyone think for a nanosecond if the tables were turned and this was a conservative finance minister that the liberals would be saying, oh, this is okay, we'll take a pass? No, oh, I mean, clearly, the, the man doesn't understand how the, how the game is, well, I shouldn't call it a game, but metaphorically, it is a game. right? It's a blood sport. He doesn't, he, yeah, exactly. He doesn't know how, how it's played, and he doesn't know how to respond, or he doesn't, he won't, whatever, whatever, the, whatever the option there is. But... People are going to ask questions, and he has to understand this. If four days after or four days before he introduces legislation that uh, thumps the the firm that he and his dad own, uh, four days before that legislation is introduced, his father sells for two hundred thousand shares. People are going to ask questions. They want to say they want to know: Is that coincidence? What happened? He talked to him. It's a natural thing to do to ask, and nobody's accusing. Uh, some may be, but, not, uh, the, you know, here we're asking. He's got to be ready for that. What he also needs to do is understand that you can't have a situation where his company owns a villa in France and uh, it's him and his wife and a numbered company in, in, in France. Well, who owns the numbered company? He does. He, 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 
does he just not? Does he just not know? Don't they have any advisors in that government? Well, 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 they do. But and this is another interesting point of speculation. As we know, most of their key advisors advised Dalton McGuinty and then Kathleen. Well, that's right. That's right. And and there's been a lot of speculation among sort of political, you know, pundits or whatever. That um, now they're now they're playing in the big stage. Now they're playing in the country. Ontario has a well-deserved reputation for being amazingly complacent, and now they're getting some opposition. And again, they don't know how to cope with it. But it gets back to that cumulative thing, Roy. When you talk about you know the various issues, this is a finance minister who very very definitely implied that small business a lot of small businesses were cheats yep. and they needed to be taxed more and yep. on and on and on yep. and now he he does look like a hypocrite at a minimum and of course he's still not answering questions i think a lot of this would have died down if he had have just answered the questions in a really neutral way not been condescending, not said things. I mean, if you've watched any of Question Period, he'll say things to the opposition like, I assume you can read, or you clearly don't understand how stock markets work. You know, these kinds of comments, does he not realize he's just digging a deeper hole for yeah, I don't want to, I don't want to. I don't want to insult anybody, but it's that private school arrogance. Well, well, there's definitely, oh, listen, this arrogance, all governments have an arrogance, so, you know, I'm certainly not going to say some are exempt, but this particular one, boy, it's pervasive, and the vast majority of them are inexperienced politicians right up to the top. They're people that, again, in their lives, haven't had a lot of adversity, if any, and, um, and they're reacting accordingly. Well, I'm just and- thinking of Morneau having an issue that he needs to resolve. He has a question that he needs an answer to. Who's he going to go to in that in that in that government? Well, he's going he's yeah. going to go to Trudeau. Yeah. And how much how much relevant and useful advice is he going to get from him? Well, that's that's a very good point. But uh, another consideration, though, and, and this, like I say, is my big worry. What if we faced a real crisis? I would really worry about how this gang would handle it and what kind of peril the mm-hmm. country would be in if we faced a true, a real economic meltdown, some really difficult geopolitical thing, which, of course, as we know, given the state of the world right now, is immensely possible. Right. And, and uh, th- this is the thing that I find very, very problematic, because I don't think this gang would know the first thing what to do. But you have to remember, just two weeks ago, the prime minister and the party graded themselves. In their performance. And you and I have nothing to worry about, Catherine, because yeah, they're, they're, they're wonderful. They're great. That's part of that arrogance thing, Roy. <laughs> they are legends in their own minds. <laughs> Stay with us, Catherine. We're going to talk some more about this issue with Mr. Morneau and what he ought to do. And uh, whether we can actually afford a, a finance minister like Bill Morneau. I mean, can we afford a finance minister who calls a significant sector of the country's employers, or implies they could be liars, who are just avoiding paying taxes, and guess who then is later found out to not be paying taxes? Well, I didn't know. Well, I didn't know. You're the finance minister. And then I had this thought, if uh, if Trudeau decided that it was just too much political baggage to keep Bill Morneau on board, and made the decision, or Mr. Butts made the decision for Mr. Trudeau, that it was necessary to jettison Morneau, who else have they got? Who else do they have, really? And this is not irrelevant stuff. This is deeply important stuff because it's, it's, it's the finances of our country. But our economy is doing well. And the unemployment rate is below 6% for the first time since 2006. So I understand if Bill Morneau would hang his hat on that and say, hey, what are you, what are you, what are you, what are you complaining about? What am I supposed to do? Well, 
I'm doing it. Clearly, the, the, the numbers suggest that. But Catherine Swift has explained why that is not necessarily the way things are. For some reason, I keep thinking about dogs being smarter than cats. I can't stop. We're going to take a break. We'll come back with more with Catherine. Then a little bit from now, we'll be opening up the phone lines for your your verdict. We'll make you the jury about uh, Mr. Morneau. Not about Trudeau today, but about Bill Morneau. And uh, Mr. Morneau, if you're listening, it's quite possible that he is. It's 800-263-2428. And I'll make you, I'll make you a commitment you call and I'll I, I won't I won't interrupt you for at least two minutes. And we'd like to speak to the finance minister. It would be relevant to speak with him about how he sees all of these issues. And so we'd be more than happy to uh, have him explain to our audience across the country how the situation really appears to him. Is he being treated fairly or not? I may be the last person he would choose to call, but I promise you I'll give you a fair ride, Mr. Morneau, if you call us. You too, Mr. Butts. We'll come back on The Green Show. It's the Chorus Radio Network. Taking on the Titans, standing up for the little guy. It's the Roy Green Show on the Chorus Radio Network. have an email to Roy at RoyGreenShow.com from Brian. He writes, I guess another one of my questions of the finance minister would be directed to the corporate ownership of his French villa. Does he claim the fair market value of the rental on his personal income tax when he, his family, or his friends use this villa for vacations or other purposes? That's interesting. And this one, oh, uh, more no call. Uh, Chester, hi, Roy. Good luck with that call. And pigs will fly. Well, so I keep hearing. Back with Catherine Swift, former president and CEO of the Canadian Federation of Independent Business, economist, and uh, served on the board of the C.D. Howe Institute with Bill Morneau on a number of, for a number of years. When you served with Bill Morneau on the C.D. Howe board, Catherine, would you have said, based on what you observed, that he would have what is needed to become the finance minister of the country? Well, I, I actually would have, to be honest with you. I mean, he was running a company. Granted, it was a company that his father founded and on and on and on. Certainly had a pretty decent handle on issues like pensions and whatnot, which naturally was, was the nature of the business. What was kind of interesting to me, though, was that his views pr- pr- prior to politics were very, very different. For example, he talked about re- reducing the TFSA in half and, and uh, upping the CPP uh, and forcing employers and employees to pay more into that very poor retirement system that is the CPP. Those were diametrically opposed to views that he expressed in a book he wrote to entering politics. So that was interesting to me that his, a lot of his views changed 180 degrees. But I guess that happens. Politics is a particular world. But no, I would have thought he did. He, I, I'll never forget the last debate I had with him, because <laughs> we used to argue about stuff. I was definitely of, of a different mindset. 
And um, he was talking about, at the time, the Harper government doing a lot of advertising. You may recall it uh, spending a lot of money advertising the uh, Canada's economic uh, you know, plan and all that kind of jazz. And, and I said, yeah, I agree with you. I think that he's spending too much money, too. But how about Kathleen Wynne spending all that money? Well, that was okay, you know. So, <laughs> so the partisan uh, disease, I guess, was setting in even at that time. But no, I, I frankly would have thought he would have had the ability to do it. And, and I, can't, I can't say, even though, yes, he, he clearly came across as a guy that had had a pretty easy life. I, I can't. The arrogance part is is was something I frankly didn't uh, didn't see until he got in the House of Commons and and uh, was entering into debates. Because, like I say, I don't think it's helping his cause any. He looks defensive yeah, he and kind of snippy. He does. <laughs> he does. And when he's sitting beside Trudeau and he looks up at Trudeau, it's just almost it's almost too um, too help me. Um, Help me, please. Look, oh, you know, yeah, that's, a, that's not a great place to look for help. With no, Trudeau. no. I mean, well, of course, Trudeau did shove him out of the way at a press conference. Yes, uh, he did. As you may recall, yep. back when the small yep. business yep. stuff was exactly. imploding. Like he should shove anybody out of the way. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of uh, kind of laughable, really. But it is. But it's, it is a worry. I mean, yeah. I think that as a Canadian, it concerns me because I think we have a gang here that is going to have a lot of trouble when the inevitable true crisis does hit. Yeah. But you and I are just a couple of conservatives, and what the hell do we know? What do we know? <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Catherine. Thank you, Roy. Great talking to you always. Catherine Swift, former CEO, president of the Canadian Federation of Independent Business, an economist, and uh, she's a remarkable woman. I mean, she, we, we, we sometimes mention it on our Beauties and the Beast segment on, on Saturdays, but she was... Uh, declared Canada's most powerful woman. Not the most influential woman necessarily. Uh, That's one sort of term they throw around, but the most powerful woman in the country when she was with CFIB. And she's been a good friend for a long time. So uh, it's 800-263-2428. By the way, I should tell you, Catherine, Linda, and Michelle, they don't get paid when they do the uh, Beauties and the Beast on Saturdays. They just do it because they love doing it. So uh, people have asked me, that, how much do you pay them? I take their money and put it in my wallet. Nah, just kidding. 800, not a bad idea, though. 800-263-2428 is my number. 800-263-2428. Bill Morneau, the finance minister. Should he stay or should he go? How many of you remember being... Suggested that you were maybe tax cheats if you were small business owners. What is your view of the job the finance minister of Canada is doing? 800-263-2428. You remember that time when he called you uh, tax cheats, don't you? 800-263-2428. Green Show, your calls when we come back.